Welcome, welcome, Bay Area Baseball, Baseball, the baseball podcast. Albie Falouse alongside Joe Shasky, Cody Elias. Welcome, boys. How you feeling? We ready to talk a little baseball today? Yeah, heck yeah. How about you, Cody? It's a baggage claim Saturday. It's still from Buster Olney. I hear on his podcast all the time. I'm getting ready to take a flight to L.A. for a wedding reception that the wedding happened six months ago. So wish me luck this weekend, boys. Weird. 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 All right, boys, let's jump right into it. It's March 9th. We're basically two weeks away from the the Giants leaving the desert. We're going to get opening day baseball coming up at the end of March. A's are playing in Japan in like 10 days. It's going to be pretty cool. But let's get right into it. Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty. I'm going to go right to Tyler Beatty to start this bad boy. 98 miles per hour. Nasty hook. He's not giving up runs. He's striking out batters. I mean, this Giants rotation is starting to look pretty darn deep to me. And... Joe, I mean, I know you've kind of you're you're a little concerned with the depth. We got Bumgarner at the top. We've got Jeff Samarja. We've got Holland. Those are the guys that are paid. We know they're going to be in the rotation. But after those three guys that are paid and in that rotation, what are we looking at? Do you think do you think this might be a six man rotation? I don't know why we're penciling in Jeff Samarja into the rotation. Like I just for me, he's a guy that I think he can fit. Four or five different roles. He can be in the relief bullpen style. He can be a swing man. He can be an opener. He can be a, a full-time starter. Like, I think he's going to do a lot of different – I think he's going to fulfill a lot of different roles. Regarding Pomerantz, I like him as a back-of-the-rotation type of a guy. I think he can have a solid year. I don't know what Tyler Beattie is. It's hard for me to extrapolate what he's going to do in the majors in the regular season when he's facing a lot of guys that aren't in the majors right now. So Okay, but we haven't seen Tyler Beatty throw 98, have we? No. When he came up, he was hovering between 93 and 91, and he did not know how to pitch. He couldn't find the strike zone. He had no secondary or third pitch that he could work off. He could barely get his fastball over for strikes. It's just hard for me to say, hey, this guy's had four or five outings in spring. <laughs> Let's throw him in the rotation. Well, we got to analyze something. I mean, here, you know, it is spring. You're right, but Cody, this guy's a former first round pick, and you know, we've seen we've seen the numbers, we've seen the stats. We the game was on NBC Sports Barry against the A's. He's pinpointing that fastball. I mean, it's eye opening to me. I think this guy is making a case for the rotation. I really do, and I think a lot of people are going to say Derek Rodriguez is a lock because of what he did last year. I don't think that's a guarantee. I think a lot of people think Suarez is a good good crack at the five spot. But the way Beatty's pitching, I mean, he's a former first-round pick. I think he's got a legitimate chance to be at the back end of this rotation to break camp. Uh, I agree. I, I really like what he's done so far this year. Uh, he what he's, he's pitched in seven innings. He's only he has eight strikeouts, which is really good. That curveball he threw that Melanson or not Melanson that Mark Hanna swung out that bounced on the ground that that was impressive. The guy's starting to salvage secondary pitches. He's hitting ninety-seven consistently. He hit ninety-eight. I like what he brings to the rotation for a Giants team that doesn't have a lot of guys that throw that hard in the start of. The, Top in the rotation, Bumgarner, you know, is a mid-90s kind of guy. Derek Rodriguez, same kind of guy. I like what he, he can bring to his rotation. He's young. And, yeah, he hasn't had the experience facing major league hitters. But, I mean, what guy has at, that, at his age? So, put him in that. Let's see. I think that he's a back end of the guy that go along with Drew Pomerantz. And I'm right. I agree with Butcher. Why are we saying that Jeff Samars is a guy that's going to make rotation? Because he makes $20 million. And he's a guy that eats innings. Yes, he eats innings. But he also gives up six home runs per start. And he has an ERA over six. So, Let's not let's not think that he's going to make the rotation because there's other guys that are better candidates oh, than me. I, I think right it's now a guarantee. I think it's a guarantee he's in the rotation. I, I, he's pitching well right now. The money is a factor. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, 
Melanson's getting paid. He's getting paid. They're not. They're not. They're on the twenty-five man roster. They're going to be playing. They're going to be starting. They're. Gonna, he's probably going to be. Closing. Melanson's not your closer though. You paid him to be a closer. You're bringing him in. There's no way in hell he is going to be your closer. I don't care if you. You pay sure him. about that? I'm a hundred percent positive. I don't know. He's in regular season form already, getting lit up like a Christmas tree. And and regarding Jeff Samarja, like. I don't care that you sunk a bunch of money into him. If he is not one of the top five or six pitchers for starting like qualifications, he cannot be starting just because of his resume or his financial obligations. Well, what do you do with him then? If you put him in the bullpen, I mean, he's, he's going to be a problem in the bullpen. Why can't he be uh, a Yasmero Petit-ish? Why can't he be a Reyes Maranta-ish where he comes in in certain situations between about the fourth and seventh inning? Like, why do we have to pigeonhole him into the starting rotation? To me, that's just forcing it. He has to earn it. Okay. All these guys have to earn Who, it. Who's earned it then? Who's earned I, it I so think... far? Cody, who's earned it? Well, I, I think so far that, you know, obviously you have Bumgarner. He, he's in there. I think Derek Rodriguez is in there just because of the way he pitched last year and you want to see the upside and see if he has a better second half, a better second year, you know, as a, as a full-time major league starter. Because remember, this guy was an outfielder, you know, for the start of his career. So we'll see what he has. I think that Pomerantz should get it if he stays healthy. He's been an established major league pitcher. He's had, two years ago, he had a great year with Boston. I think Suarez gets a shot because he's ha- he had a nice second half of the season last year. And you have Derek Holland. So there's your four. And then I think BD should be the fifth guy right now if you want to have some excitement coming out of camp to lead into the season. And, you know, to start the year, then your home opener on the, the April 5th against the Rays, you want to have some excitement. You put Samars on that rotation, you, you know what you're going to get from him. He's shown you what he's going to give you. He's shown you what you're going to get in Chicago. You know, he was good with the A's when the A's got him halfway through the season, but I think he's now a petite role kind of guy. He, he late innings guy. You bring him in, maybe use him as the opener for a guy that could throw kind of hard to get you know face six batters to start the game. I think that's more of a spot for Mark Melanson. I think if they want to use the opener, Melanson's the perfect guy to maybe use for that. Uh. I know when I asked him at uh, when I asked him at Giants Media Day, he said that he always wanted to start, so he'd be kind of be open to being the opener. And I think that could be something that could help him. Maybe get reestablished as a guy that could be a dominant eighth and ninth inning guy. Because I remember I watched him in Pittsburgh lead the Pirates to the playoffs three straight years as a closer, as a dominant closer. And then something just happened when he got when he got traded to the Nationals, and he has been the same since. And he got all that money to Giants, and you thought he was going to be good. He he ha- he. I mean, ever since his first save attempt was that against Arizona with the Giants, he, he he hasn't been the same guy. So I think those are two guys you, you can't just because of money think they're going to you know be a closer and a starter in a rotation in their bullpen. All right, well, let me get back to my point about the six-man rotation. Is that something that interests you guys with this team? I look down, I see Bumgarner, Holland, Samarja, Derek Rodriguez, Drew Pomerantz, Tyler Beatty, Andrew Suarez, Chris Stratton, who we've seen some flashes from. We can't just dismiss him. And Ty Block, who we've also seen be Clayton Kershaw head-to-head. We can't dismiss him either. Joe, you're kind of frowning here. Give me give me your thoughts on a six-man rotation and the depth of this of this pitching staff. Well, first, I would caveat it with that. I think in about two and a half to four weeks, we're going to see a trade at some point. We're going to see somebody get moved off the 40-man roster. Bumgarner needs to pitch every five days, period. He's one of the only compelling people on the entire team, and you cannot push him back every other day, or excuse me, go six days. That's, that's just too much. I need him to pitch more often. He's an absolute horse. He wants the money. He wants to get a new contract. You got to go out and earn it. The other thing I would say is that, Suarez, Stratton, Block, like one of these guys is the odd man out. Let's let's be honest. It's going to be okay. one of these guys isn't going to break camp with this team. Either they're going to get DFA'd, they're going to get moved in another deal with a position player right before the, de- the, the they break camp for opening day. The, the thing that we're not 
accounting for is injuries happen in the preseason. Nobody has had any injuries across baseball. They are coming. You know they are. They do every single year. The Giants themselves had Madison Bumgarner the like week before they break camp, break Riddle. his hand on a comebacker. So I, I, I just don't. I don't think that we're looking at the full picture right now because there's going to be some clarity with a trade or some release. Some sort of roster movement is coming. Regarding Block, I'm not going off anything he did last year. He had moments last year. This is a totally new year. If I'm going to hold Samarja to very strict standards, then I'm going to hold the same standards to Suarez, Block, Stratton. It, everything is up for grabs. you got to earn it. Okay, so of those guys, those back-end guys, who have you seen enough from, Cody? Have you seen enough from Stratton and Block to know that, hey, we've already seen this this story before, time to move on? Yeah, I, I kind of I tend to agree. I think Stratton is a better upside case than Ty Block. Ty Block's a nice mid-innings, middle-innings, you know, relief guy like he's been for the Giants. Yeah, he's being cursed head-to-head, but, I mean, that was – I mean, they're meaningless games. The Giants won 73 games last year and, what, 64 the year before. It doesn't matter if you're not winning games and games that matter. I would go with Stratton over Block, but I think neither one of them are going to be starters in the rotation. I think the more of mid mid inning kind of guys as relievers, and maybe guys who throw out there to be openers, even though they don't throw hard, so it kind of doesn't help them with that case. But I think the guys we talked about, the younger guys like Beatty and Suarez, those are the guys you want to watch. And uh, I tend to agree that there could be a trade. One of these guys could get traded. Although we did see yesterday, Cameron Rupp did get traded, so the Giants didn't make a trade already. It wasn't the one we expected, but they did make a trade. So I do see. The Giants may be hopefully going with a little bit of a youth movement at the end of the rotation. And in regards to the six-man rotation, I kind of like the idea. I was also on board with the, uh, the, the Rockies a few years ago doing the four-man rotation because, while well, no one can pitch at Coors Field unless you're Kyle Freeland and Marquez, who's now pitching really well. The Rockies are actually kind of figuring out their, their problems at Coors Field. But, yeah, I definitely think the six-man rotation could be a good idea. But the only thing that hurts is you, don't, you won't have Bumgarner pitch every five days. And if you're trying to build up his trade value – that's going to kind of hurt it because he's not pitching every five days and his innings and his workload is going to go down. I'm really fascinated to see what, how Farhan manipulates Bruce Bochy this year. I'm really curious to see how the pitching is handled. It's, it's going to be the most fascinating thing, I think. I think there's a lot of depth in this rotation of bullpen, and I think guys should have quick hooks this year. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a lot of long, long reliever type guys. Like If Suarez doesn't make the rotation, put him in as the long guy. If Samarja is, is in the rotation and can't get out of the second inning, get him out. If he gives up a couple walks, get him out of there. These guys all need to be ready to go. I think I think don't you don't have to have that starter mindset. You can get into the bullpen and get in there and just work your innings, eat your innings. You know what I mean? Like, do you, do you agree with me at all? Yeah, I mean, look, you go with the hot hand. I feel like Bochi, if you watched him closely over the last two or three years. Just being honest, he has been a day late and a dollar short on all of his pitching moves. Yep. He leaves a guy in one batter too long. He doesn't go to the right guy in the right situation, whereas before he had the Midas touch, he could do no wrong. I mean, he was really playing the piano like uh, you know, like a master, a maestro, if you will. So that is something I'm definitely going to monitor. I'm also going to monitor just who is actually getting opportunities. I think that's really important. I mean, just look at who's batting, for example, when it comes to the preseason. Cameron Mabin has, like, the most at-bats for this team. Doesn't that speak to Farhan? Doesn't that also speak to Bruce Bochy loving veterans? So I think it's going to be a combination of those two coming to these decisions every single day. And I also... I think as the year progresses, depending on where they are in the standings, I would assume that Bruce Bochy is going to give up less and less 
control on the day-to-day -day stuff, especially if they start to slip, which we all assume they're going to, in the standings. I, I think Farhan is going to have more and more of an input as the season goes on. What do you think, Joe, of the job that Kurt Young did this year, uh, last year? I mean, going in, this is going to be year two. Rags left last year, um, got the cushy spot up in the, uh, you know, the the Gotham Club or where the hell he's doing now, and now they got Kurt Young in there. And what kind of what kind of job do you think he's done so far? It's hard to evaluate coaches, pitching coaches, hitting coaches, things like that. I think that when Buster was catching. The staff as a whole looked better. It did. It looked really good in comparison to the year before. The bullpen looked a little better. Uh, a lot of your starters, like Derek Rodriguez, coming out of nowhere. Who do you give credit for? Do you give credit to the Giants farm for identifying him from Minnesota? Do you give Kurt Young credit for, for working with him? Do you give Derek the credit? Do you give Buster the, the credit as far as pitch sequence, things like that? I think it all goes together. When you guys are humming, everybody's going to get credit. When you aren't humming, people are going to get critiqued. That's why I was so hard on Bam Bam Mullins. I looked at him as the hitting coach. Who is getting better under his watch? Nobody. Nobody. But to be fair, they didn't have any great hitters either, so... I like Kurt Young. I think his track record speaks for itself with the Oakland A's. He always shined up his guys and got the most out of them, whether it was the big three going back way way when or it's somebody like Sonny Gray whose best years came under Kurt Young in right. the Oakland A's organization. I'm going to be looking at someone like Tyler Beatty. I'm going to be looking at someone like Ty Block, Suarez, the young guys. Can mm -hmm. these guys develop into what we think they can be? Just contributors, not lost causes. Because I look at someone like Kyle Crick, kind of a lost cause, right? I look at some of the other guys they've brought up over the years to try to be rotational pieces, and they've all failed. So can right. these guys make an impact? That's how I'm going to judge Kurt Young. Yeah, Cody, if you were to make any predictions how the back end of this rotation is going to look... Actually, I'm, you know, let me rephrase that. Do you think... Is is the is the starting pitching battle go the rest of spring? Is that the most interesting position battle uh, the Giants got going? I I would think so. I think the back end of the rotation battle is probably the most interesting because you know what you're going to get in the infield for the Giants. You know who you have behind the plate. You know what you're probably going to have in the outfield with Shaw, Duggar, and Mac Williamson for mm -hmm. the 150th time. But you know what you're going to you, you want to see what you can get out of these young guys. And I, I I like your idea of the quick hooks because. What's the one thing the Dodgers did really well with Farhan and, and Andrew Friedman in charge down there? They had a good bullpen, and the guys never went more than two, uh, three times through the order with the, uh, through the lineup. They always had guys go and come in the fifth or sixth inning. They took their starters out quickly because they know that they had a solid bullpen to build on. The Giants have one of the best. To me, they have one of the best bullpens in baseball this year with, with Will Smith and Reyes Maranta and Sam Dyson and maybe Melanson bounces back. You have... You have, you know, Pat Vendetti because, you know, he can throw from both sides of the plate. I know he's kind of a wild card. Who knows if he makes the roster? But they have a strong bullpen that can help them this year compete in games. And if you have a guy that's not having a good start, maybe Bumgarner goes four innings, he has 90 pitches. Quick, you know, pull him out and bring your bullpen guys in because they have a good enough bullpen that can lead them to victories. And this is, this is what the Dodgers did. This is why the Dodgers have been so good along with developing talent, obviously. But this is one of the reasons why they've been so good is they had a good bullpen to build upon, and I think that could help the Giants, especially with a lot of young pitchers in their rotation. If they have guys that go three or four innings and they start struggling, you could pull them out and bring guys in to help save their games. I don't know if I can get the wins, but their, their stats will still look good, and they'll look good on paper because the Giants are winning baseball games. All right, great conversation on the Giants' rotation and bullpen and pitching in general. Let's uh, let's move on to a little buy or sell. Everyone loves a little buy or sell. I'm going to start with topic number one here, guys, and I want to hear buy or sell and give me what you think. Joe Panic hits 300. Joe, are you buying it or are you selling it? Oh, I'm selling it. I mean, this guy has 
one year of batting over 300 and a combination of seasons barely even cracking 275. This guy needs to have a monster year this year. And anything in the 280s would be an upgrade for me. Plus, I need to see the guy play 140 games. I mean, he, he can't even stay on the field. Until I see it, I can't believe it. So I am definitely selling Joe Panic batting over 300. Cody? Yeah, I'm going to sell it too. I mean, I, I like Joe. I think he's a nice player. I mean, he had 288, what, two years ago? Then last year he struggled a lot. Um, he's had the one year, as Butcher said, of having a 300 batting average. Can't stay healthy. He's not a consistent power. He doesn't have any power. He had, what, back-to-back years of 10 home runs, and last year he had, what, four, and he had two of them in the first two games. Uh, yeah, I, I'm selling this. I don't see him hitting 300 this year either. You know what I will say for him? Watching him in the spring training games, just looking at him on television, he does look trimmer. He He's looks like he lost time. a little bit of weight. You could see it in the in the jowl, if you will, underneath the chin. He he looks better, but this is where I fall victim to him every single year. He goes through a two-week stretch where he's red hot, and then you can't find him on the milk carton for weeks upon weeks. So I need to see this guy get out of the gates hot, but then maintain it. I think the issue is he gets he comes out of the gates hot, and then he gets hurt. And then yeah. when he comes back from injury, then he struggles to continue to get a consistent uh, hitting going. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm all in on Panic this year. I think he's one of my uh, my sleepers. We'll get to sleepers, breakouts, and busts. But I think Joe Panic. we've seen the all-star year. He's only 28 years old. He's got such a he makes such great contact. He doesn't strike out a lot. Uh, you know, I just this guy. It's it's been you know it's been the theme, and I've been banging this drum since we've been doing this podcast. But the Giants have been so just injury riddled, and he's been you know he's been one of the main themes about the injuries. And I really do think this is a bounce back year for him. I look at him as a left handed version of DJ Lemayhew. I think I think he's got the chance to be that. Not necessarily a batting title champion, but I think he can get above two ninety five, three hundred, right around three hundred. You know, hit ten to fifteen home runs from the left side. And play Gold Glove esque caliber defense. I really think he's got a chance to do that. And you know, I don't know where they're going to hit him in the lineup. I think it depends on if he's swinging the bat hot or not. But he he could be a top of the order guy hitting in front of Posey and and Mac and whoever is going to be uh, behind him. But let's move on to number two. All right, this one's a polarizing one. I think I know where this is going. But uh, Shasky, Brandon Belt, does he finally eclipse twenty home runs? No. Like how it. how can you even ask that question? The guy why not? Because he literally has topped out his entire career at eighteen home runs. We know what he is. He's he's always been hurt. Yeah, he's a guy who hits six home runs in a five day span, and then again, just like Joe Panic, <laughs> can't find him it, it, for the life of him. I, I'm so sick of the Brandon Belk. He's thirty one. This is who he is. <laughs> Unless Brady Anderson comes with a giant needle and a box full of HGH, this guy is never going to hit Whoa, twenty home runs. Thirty one still technically prime years. Not in baseball. Yeah, not, not anymore. Cody, I mean, do you disagree with me? Is thirty-one a prime year? Uh, it depends on the player, but he's never he never hit his prime to begin with. So it's not like he's he's still in his prime. Like if we're talking about Bryce Harper being in his prime at age thirty-one, okay, that's different. Brandon Belt's never been in his prime. He's never hit it. He doesn't even know what a prime is. Okay, so you're selling twenty. Yeah, uh, should I have put fifteen? Saying, should I have made it buy or sell fifteen home runs? Cody. Mm, I think he's going to hit 15. I'll push. I'll say he'll hit 15. 15? He's going to land right between 17 and 18 like he does every single year. I guarantee it. The problem is he's going to have more missed games than he's going to have home runs. That's a fact. I'll take that bet all day. If he was the Rockies' first baseman, would he hit 25 home runs? No. Oh, I disagree. That's fine. What if he was the Yankees' first baseman? 
I, if he was the Yankees' first baseman, he'd be down in AAA. There's no way he'd be up <laughs> with the Yankees. Like, he's not that good. We've overrated him. There's way him. too much Brandon Belt slander on this podcast. It's not even I slander. Can't take it's it. called reality checks. Like, the guy's just not that good. We have overrated him internally because he's a good guy, and he happened to be at first base when we won championships. Like, Aubrey <laughs> Huff, Aubrey Huff, he would die to have Aubrey Huff's career. And oh, Aubrey get Huff, out of here. Aubrey Huff's a slap. He's a slap. Look at his numbers. Look, look, look. The one thing we're forgetting, too, is the year he had 18 home runs, he played in 156 games. So don't give me the, oh, man, he's always hurt. So if he does, if he plays the full it doesn't matter if he plays a full season. He missed six Thank games you. that year, and he had 18 home runs. He's not hitting 20 home runs this year. And, yeah, you can market him because he's the giraffe. Yay, the giraffe. Yay. And all their, all their whatever, the, their marketability they have. It's great. They have great marketability. But, no, 15 home runs for him. You know what? I he's can't wait. Yankees. Playing in double A. He wouldn't even make the glide up behind Greg Bird. I can't wait till podcast number 25, and I'm just like, 25 home runs. He's on pace for 25. Then the very next podcast will be, yeah, he twisted his ankle coming out of the bathroom. All right. All right. Enough of the Brandon Belt slander on this podcast. <laughs> Let's move on to Buster Posey, another aging giant. Uh, all right. I'm going to set it here. I know we all know how you feel about Joey Bart. We want to see Joey Bart up as soon as possible. Butchers made the great comparison to the catcher as a, uh, as a running back's career. You know, it's very short lived. You want to see them come up here as we quick as possible. We've seen it with Joe Maurer. We've seen it now with Buster Posey. That said, Bart's probably not going to be up here anytime soon. Buster Posey, is he going to catch 90 games? I'll put it at 90 games. Is he going to catch 90 games this year? I don't know. I, I'm going to push that. I, I really do. I think 90 games feels like a high watermark, to be honest with you. This is a guy who's only got eight at-bats in spring training right now. I know you want to ease him back in. But from everybody I'm hearing from, he don't look that good. He don't look like he's got that power. He doesn't have that drive. Now, I know he's coming off of a surgery, but isn't that – that's going to be the big hurdle for him to overcome. I mean, people who have hip replacement surgery are in their 70s and 80s. He's 30-something, and he's having a hip surgery replacement. He never was an extreme workout warrior athlete to begin with. I'm majorly concerned and alarmed with Buster Posey. It's something I'm going to be monitoring the entire time. And you saw the Giants made a trade of a catcher uh, to get to get rid of somebody to kind of clear the way for Joey Bart to be higher up on the peck on the pecking well, order. That and I think Aramis Garcia is going to have a nice carved out back yeah. backup role this year. Joey Bart's already batting four. That's why they didn't sign resign Hunley either. Yeah, Hunley, I could you know whatever. But Stephen Vote is the one. Take I'm it or really, leave it. Yeah, Stephen Vote's the one. I'm like I head scratch because this guy didn't even play in 2018. He batted like 217 in 2017. Uh, he's not that good. I would rather see Aramis Garcia, Joey Bart, and Posey. Do you, do you think the Giants valued Buster's defense too much over the years? Do you think that? Do you think if do you think if Buster was an average defensive pl- catcher, he would have been put at first base already? No, because his numbers aren't this 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 thing that he could play first base and bat thirty home runs is. I'm not saying he had thirty home runs, but, but he, he him at first base, you do not get the same value. How can we? Obsess? No, you do. No, you don't. You do. You get a three hundred hitter who's going to hit twenty home runs. That's not good enough for That's first base. Ve- yes, it is. How many first basemen at three hundred? You you compare the fr- yeah go around. I'm the looking top it up 10. right now. You you're you're over here slurping Cody, what Brandon Belt as an 18 home run guy at first base, saying that's sufficient. And you think that Buster Posey's good? He hit 20 home runs twice in his career. Twice. That's it. Like that's the outlier seasons. Those are not the standard. If you look in just the NL West, is he better than Bellinger? Is he better than Muncie at first base? No, he is not. Muncie. Mun- uh. Yeah, Bellinger. Thirty-seven jacks. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like you've never done it to to say that. Oh, he would do this and that. The value Paul for Goldsmith's him. Paul Goldsmith's gone. Yeah, I know, but the value for him 
is playing catcher because catching isn't a premium hitting position. So when you get 300 uh, batting average from a catcher, that is a plus. That's what makes Yadier Molina so special. Not only does he have the defense, but he has that offense as well. And so if you move him to first base, A, his glove isn't as good at first base, and B, you totally lose the base running capability of gunning runners down. Like That is a massive thing, especially when you have this age of guys with a longer stride, a longer windup. How many guys are great at holding people on? Not many in today's baseball game. You need to have a strong armed catcher behind the plate. Do you remember what Benji Molina was like defensively at the end there? Yeah. It was ugly. Yeah, it was bad. Buster has given them damn near Hall of Fame defensive quality catching and arm and also cerebrally you cannot quantify what his effect is on the young guys on the pitching staff like that's why i'm paying him 18 19 million dollars a year at first base you're just not getting all of those intangible values fair points great points by butcher there uh cody what do you think 90 games do you think buster uh, reaches that yeah, I do. I, but I think this is his last full season as a catcher. I think that oh, maybe wow. next year you start looking at put him in a first base because you, I, I don't I don't think they, they want to rush Joey Bart, but they want to rush Joey Bart, if you know what I mean. I think that they want some excitement coming out because now that they missed out on Bryce Harper, they need some excitement. And, yeah, you're going to put in the minors this year. We've had this, we're going to discuss this for all season long about what to do with Joey Bart. If you move Buster Posey to first base, I, is he better than Eric Hosmer at first base in that no. division? This no. Is his, yeah, uh, maybe Hosmer Hosmer hit 250 last year. Here, real quick, yep. Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman was the only full time first baseman that hit over 300 last year. The only one in, in the Posey didn't League. even hit 300 last year. So why are you holding? Well, he's Posey. playing with a degenerative hip. I mean, what do you but expect he, me to that's say? Why are we? Is. That's why are we putting is. such value on the batting on batting average? No exactly. one cares about batting average as much anymore. What do you mean? Ba- yes, batting he's average is on very important and hitting home runs. Especially at first base, where you can get a Mark Reynolds every single year for dirt cheap, who's going to hit you thirty jacks? Like, oh that. come on! But but that, but Albie, that's baseball. That's why the Giants yeah, are behind Mark Reynolds the is game. A great example. The, the, these guys are on the bargain bin every year in the middle of March, and you could pluck them up for a league minimum, and the guy will give you thirty home runs. That's why all the teams that make the playoffs have two and three guys off the bench who play platooning at first okay, base well then, who hit jacks. What do they do with the? What do they do? What do they do with Posey? They you, leave him at catcher like he's Jason. Veritek okay, well then. What, what happens if what happens to Bart? Bart's a catcher. He's not a first baseman. But I know Far- that's what you want, but he's a catcher. No, but Farhan has already proven with Cody Bellinger and other guys throughout the farm of the Dodgers, you better have positional multiplicity. Like that's Joey Bart needs to learn to play first base now. He has significant plus power over Posey. Posey never had the power. So you're power telling Joey me Bart they had. drafted Joey Bart because of his bat more than his catching skills? Absolutely, and they're going to put him. But at he's first the only catcher who called his game. I know they're going to put him at first base for the time being. But you also it's an investment, and you saw with your investment and Buster Posey, it was diminishing returns the longer he was in the squat. You saw it with Joe Maurer, same thing. By the time he transitioned to first base full-time, his days of hitting 20-something home runs, about three, they were over. I mean, Joe Maurer's career fell off a cliff yeah. when he went to first base. It's not like he was saved. We're not talking about Frank Thomas here. We're talking about guys that are, are, are just not elite power bats. They're good. They're not Mike Piazza, though. Right. So here, here's, my, here's my thing is that, like I said, Bart is going to be a catcher. He's going to be a catcher. I, I understand Farhan is a positional multiplicity, whatever. The, he was drafted to be a catcher, and that means Buster Posey is going to have to play first base. And I know you, we saw what happened with Joe Maurer. He fell off a cliff. He ended up moving to first. He got the DH a little bit because the American League. That might be coming. That actually might be something we can get into, actually. Cause, well, plus there's 162 games of inventory. I'll be like, this thing like, oh, you only play catcher. Like, no, how many switches and defensive lineups? You're trying to get as many different bats against I know, different but the matchups. catcher position is so vital and so important to 
just the harmony with the pitching staff. Who was staff the catcher and, for the Red Sox last year? Uh, oh, who was it? That's my point. <laughs> they won the World Series. Like it I was, hear uh, you, Vasquez. I think. I, I hear you. I, I know it's important when the days of the Jason Veritex, the the Jorge Posadas, the Yvonne Rodriguez guys that are just OG, you know, catchers that bring it every single day. I'm looking at Posey, and I don't really care if he bats 300. I don't care about his power numbers. I don't care about the other stuff. Be an elite catcher for the back end of your career. Teach Bart. You're gonna mix it up with the two of them. I right. think the days of Buster playing 140 games are over anyway. All right, well, we got to move on. We've, it was a good discussion here, but let's move on to get through buy or sell. All right, Derek Rodriguez, Cody, buying or selling sophomore slump? I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy the sophomore slump. I, I'm going to compare this to, I, I, I hate to say it because I like his upside, but I think that he's going to have a sophomore slump. And there's three guys that come to mind for me, and I know that they're a little bit of extreme cases, but I think of Kerry Wood, Dontrell Willis, and Steven Matz. Remember how much, how much Matz was hyped after his rookie year and how good he could be then he just completely fell apart his second year. Dontra Willis, same thing, and then Dontra went on to have a third his, his third year. He ended up winning 22 games. He was awesome. And then Kerry Wood, 20 years ago, he had a 20 strikeout game as a rookie. His second year, his ERA like climbed to like six, his ERA was in the sixes. So I, I could see the sophomore slump happening. I think it's got to happen with Derek Rodriguez. It's going to be interesting to me what happens after this season if he has a sophomore slump, how he figures it out, and how he comes back next year when hopefully the Giants are getting closer and closer to competing because. We know they're not going to compete this year, probably. So you want to see what he could he does. But I think yes, the sophomore slump. I'm buying the sophomore slump this year. Joe, you know I'm actually I'm bullish on Derek Rodriguez. I do not think he's going to go under a three ERA this year, but I think he's going to have a really good season. You you. Baseball's different. The pitching position is different. Yes, some guys come up and they're unicorns and they're absolute studs from day one, but there's many more guys like Ryan Vogelsong who come up and they just kind of learn on the fly, and we're seeing this with Tyler Beatty. you got to learn how to be a pitcher. Here's a guy that I'll throw out that he actually reminds me of, Jason Schmidt, late bloomer Ooh, who came up. Kind of like that. You know, it, it, this guy wasn't a, a special, special player early on, but Jason Schmidt got better and better and better every single year, a grinder, really learned how to pitch, and once he worked, Worked backwards, it changed everything for him. He got that cutter. Um, I'm looking at Derek Rodriguez. Anything under a 3-2 ERA, I think, is going to be a huge step forward. I definitely want to see if he can maintain his health throughout the year. But the one thing he has that a lot of the other young pitchers don't have, he doesn't have the taxation on that arm right. because he didn't play pitcher growing up all that exclusively. So I, I think there's a lot of positives. And then the last thing we have totally discredited – he is a former Hall of Fame catcher's son. Yep. He's got insights into the game of how to maintain your body for 20 years. Now, I know Pudge Rodriguez with the steroids and all that, but there's something to be said for that. We, we Allegedly. Give, we give that to Clay Thompson and Steph Curry as former athlete's sons. We give them those inherent advantages. Why are we not extending that to Derek Rodriguez? I love this guy's moxie, and I just think he's a professional. And physically, he's not a guy like Cueto who looks out of shape. He looks like he's a rock on the, on the mound. I, I love Derek Rodriguez. I'm bullish on him. And I'm in denial that he's going to have a big drop off this year. Totally with you. I mean, this guy opened my eyes right away. First career start. Uh, you know, he goes goes into Colorado, just shoves. I mean, he did it twice. He had six innings, one earned run start, six strikeouts in Colorado. In Colorado, other than one random Barry Zito start where he dealt in Colorado, I don't see any Giants pitchers pitching well in that park. He shut out the Astros, seven shutout innings against the Astros last year. This guy definitely has the makeup. Like you said, son of a former Major League Hall of Fame catcher. I just love his just attitude. I love how what he brings every—he doesn't have the greatest stuff in the world, but he throws strikes, and you know what? He competes, and I think— 
I think the injury last year uh, in San Diego where he hurt the, I think it was either his groin or his hamstring, I can't remember, but that kind of slowed him down towards the end. He gave up nine earned runs in his last two starts, and his ERA went from 2.3 to 2.81. I agree with you, Butcher. I don't think he's going to end up with a sub-3 ERA again, but I think anything between 3-3 and 3-6 as your number 4-5 starter, absolutely you take that from him. And I think there's optics to it, right? Like, how are you pitching? Are you just a tough luck pitcher? Or, I mean, like, is he going to get some run support? That's the other thing that nobody ever talks about. You know, the it's hard to pitch from behind every single game. And so that's going to be something that I'm going to be monitoring can this team score enough runs for him to not have him give up on the mound? And I know we, they're pro athletes, but they're they're human too. And sometimes you have a tendency when you look up at the scoreboard, you're pitching well into the sixth inning, but it's 2 nothing, and then you give up a jack. Then you give up a double or whatever. You come out, the bullpen gives up an RBI right there, and, and that goes on your record. So... I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really excited for Derek Rodriguez. He's one of about four or five guys I can circle heading into the season that yeah. I'm like, I really am going to be leaning forward. You watch his starts. You tune in for his starts. I'm going to be analyzing every pitch, to yeah. be honest, from him. Because yeah. that's how important he is to the future for this team. All right, real quick, let's end it with this. We got uh, Let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Give me one sleeper, one breakout, one bust for the Giants and the A's. We want to give the A's a little love. This is the baseball podcast, so... Let's do a little Giants here first. Cody, uh, give me your sleeper, your breakout, and your bust real quick. I'm going to go for the Giants. I'm going to go Tyler Beatty, Chris Shaw, and everyone's favorite, Brandon Belt, as my bust this season. And my for the A's, I got Jesus Lazardo as the as a sleeper because we want to see if he makes a rotation. He probably won't come out of camp and he's coming off Tommy John, but he's a guy you want to pay attention to. Uh, my breakout guy is going to be Ramon Laureano and my my bus is going to be Lou Trevino, who was as overworked last year as at, at the end of the season for the A's coming out of the bullpen. I think he takes a step back this year. I like that. Give me uh, J- Joe. Give me your sleeper breakout and bus. So my sleeper is I'm I'm going to go somewhere different. I don't think this guy's going to have a monster year. I just think he's going to be really good, and Giants fans are going to like him by the end of the year. Avellino. We haven't had a backup <laughs> shortstop in forever, like a yeah. legitimate backup shortstop. It's always been a guy who's like a second or a third baseman playing backup Nunez. shortstop. Yeah, yeah, and and Kelby Kelby Tomlinson. Yeah, I mean totally, and he's not. He just didn't have the arm or the glove to play shortstop. Brandon Crawford is clearly a guy who I think at some point is going to start declining. We all love him, but I think his his glory days, his prime years are probably behind him, though I think he can still be a productive player. I'm going to be very interested to see, can they squeeze the lemon? This was the guy you got back in the McCutcheon trade. Can, can you get some value out of this guy off the bench? When it comes to uh, a, a, a boom type of a player, I think Evan Longoria has a comeback here, guys. Hmm. I, I'm not a huge Longoria guy, but he's got to be better than what he was last year. He just has to be. You'd think so. Uh, you know, and then as far as a bust, I hate to do this, but I'm going to go with almost the entire outfield. I'm going to go with Mabin. I'm going to go with Para. I'm going to go with Mac Williamson. I think Shaw's going to show some things. I think Duggar's going to struggle, but show a little bit of potential. But I think the outfield as a whole is going to be a gigantic bust. And I think that we're going to be saying the same thing that we did this offseason. We need to acquire outfielders. Yep. So I'm... <sighs> Look at the outfield, bro. It looks horrible. Well, let's let's give it a chance. I mean, let's let's see let's see these guys with everyday at bats. Let's see what these guys can do. But well, that's what I'm worried about. Duggar's not getting everyday at bats. Cameron, he's coming back from. He's he's either easing them back in. But the camera maybe the with 25 at bats already. I'm like, oh, this I is know. the Gregor Blanco of 2019. We didn't even talk about Maven on this podcast about the DUI, but that's a whole other story. All right, real quick, give me your A's. 
my ace. I'm going to go with Ramon Laureano is going to bust out big time this year. This guy's, to me, he's a five-tool player. Arm, contact, bat, power, speed. I mean, he's got everything that you need. He's great defensively. Really love him. The guy that I think is going to take a little bit of a step back, I'm going to go to that bullpen. I'm going to go to two guys, Trevino and Trinan. I just think they were lights out last year. You saw Trevino start to leak a little oil toward the end of the year. Uh, as far as my bust out guy, I think he's going to be... Honest to God, I think he's going to be an absolute star for them is Profar. What a great pickup. Damn, you took mine. You, you got rid of Jed Lowry. This is a guy who was a former first-round pick, hit 20 jacks in his first full season last year. Really a shrewd trade from Texas. I don't know why Texas gave up on him. Profar looks like he's going to be a stud. I'm assuming Chapman repeats on the year he had last year and only get, gets better. He had the highest war of any third baseman last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, that's great stuff. Uh, I'm going to give you mine real quick. Uh, my my, my sleeper is going to be Tyler Beattie. I know we've, I've kind of fawned over him at the beginning of the show. Uh, just love what I'm seeing. 98 miles per hour, hitting the black, uh, you know, former first round pick. He he said this offseason he looked into metrics and he looked into spin rate and uh, he's really improved himself. I, I'm impressed. He looks a little thinner too. Another guy that kind of carried a little baby fat on him. Right, uh, like, right What yeah. is that called? What's that under I the chin? The chow. The chow. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. rooster. The rooster. So hey, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad he embraced the uh, the modern analytics of baseball. I'm glad someone on that giant uh, rotation uh, is starting to embrace it. Good, there, good for him. There you go. Uh, my I'm going to go with, uh, you know what? I'm going to say Derek Rodriguez as my breakout. Um, I think he ends up, I'm going to go, this is just like hot take bold as can be. This is like bold italic on Microsoft Word, but he's going to be an all-star. Wow. Yeah, that's, I know, I know. Do the that's, Giants have an all-star right now? Uh, no. I don't think they do If either. Buster Posey's healthy and he hits 300 and smacks you know, eight home runs in the first half, he'll be... He'll be an all-star. There's a well, lot of depth at the catcher spot. Real Muto, you got Grandal. Real Muto, this year. yeah, but there's backup. Yeah, you get Yadier. the backup catcher. I hear you. I, so, I think it's going to be a is probably going to be hurt. Technically, they do have an all-star because every team in Major League Baseball has an I all-star. Know. So yes, the Giants will have an all-star. All right, and uh, who's going to be my bust? Man, I wrote down Buster Posey as my bust, but I just I just vouch for him potentially being an all-star. So I don't know if I could say that. I guess my bust is going to be Bumgarner. I hate to say it. I. I Honestly, I'm not I, I, I'm not impressed with what I've seen so far. I know it's spring training, but he he looks like he's nibbling on every pitch, and I you know I don't know. I'm just not I'm not that ex- as excited as I was uh, a few months ago about him. I I just think there's a lot of innings on that arm, and I, I just don't know if it's going to work out for him. And uh, as for the A's, you know, you guys kind of stole my thunder. I like I like Luzardo. I like Jerickson Profar as sleepers. Breakout, Matt Chapman. I know he kind of slowly broke out last year, especially in the second half. He had 14 home runs, but led all of baseball. Uh, dude, he, and he's, extra base hits. he's got stud written all over him. Uh, no question. He's going to be awesome. And uh, my bust, this might raise the eyebrow or two. Uh, Chris Davis. I think this will be the first year he doesn't hit 40 home runs. Come on, it'll what? be the first year Come he doesn't on. hit 247. He's 31, going on 32. He's dealing with a calf thing right now. Calf thing right now in spring. I think this might he might get exposed a little bit this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Sorry, I know you guys are giving me some. Yeah, up. I'm gonna disagree on this. I love Crush yeah, Davis. I'm one of my I, favorite. I, I, he is Mr. Consistent, Mr. Two Forty Seven. But dude, he hits yaks, dude. Yeah, but, and, he, and he played his first spring training game yesterday, so he's back. And he hit th- forty home runs three straight years. How are you gonna say? I mean, what, you're gonna say he's not gonna hit forty home runs? I guess that can be considered. I a mean, bust. he wouldn't be the first time in the history of baseball for someone to hit forty home runs four straight years and then fall off a cliff. I mean, it's definitely happened before. <laughs> so anyway, I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> anyway, good stuff. We'll get more into the A's uh, as we kind of get closer to the. G- uh, the game in Japan next uh, yeah. coming up next week. I'm excited. For really that. excited, guys! 
fun one today. Really, well, I want to really- throw I want to throw something out there real quick. I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna give some love to local Bay Area baseball. I'm gonna go check out Cal and Andrew Vaughn, future Giants first baseman, possibly playing up there. Cal, he's hitting. He has seven home runs in like 11 games already. The guy's a stud. He's a top three prospect in in the draft. Check this kid out. He could be a Giants a player for the Giants if they if they can somehow. If he somehow falls back in a draft, I just wanted to get that out there. I'll be checking him out next week when they play USC up at Cal. Uh, I didn't go to Cal or Stanford, but uh, I grew up a Mike Montgomery, uh, Madsen, Art Lee, McDonald. I grew up a, a Stanford basketball fan, so uh, boo that guy. I hate Cal. Tim Young. There you go. Yeah, big 55. Gentlemen, good stuff today. Uh, we'll do it again next week. This is the Baseball Podcast.